Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 311 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Tafaya, Head of Archives at Lave Station, uh, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our, um, well, <laughs> uh, our... Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello, baby son. <laughs> Hello. We also have, uh, joining us from the EIC, uh, Commander Mac Winston. Hello. Hello. Uh, we do have our Deputy Trade Attachery, Commander Souverine. He's running late. So he'll, he'll be, um, he'll be along soon. And on tech this week, our hell, our head of health and safety has decided decided to take over. So, um, yes, God help beep, us all. Beep boop, and I'm sorry, I don't think you got any noises. And I'm not seeing any Norman now either. Where's Norman gone? Norman, where oh, are yeah. you? There's Norman, I've got Norman. Oh. Quick, put Ben stabilizer yeah, quickly. I, fa- I, fa- I found um, Norman. He, he says he's coming. Cool. Um, well, um, unfortunately, uh, none of us will be in game tonight because we're all a bit busy uh, trying to run the show. Uh, but Norman, Norman are... might be. Norman should be. Norman might be. All right. Well, we don't know where he'll be. Um, uh, so at the moment, uh, you can watch the show on uh, YouTube. You can watch the show on, on Twitch. And you can watch the, the show on uh, Facebook. Um and you get to that going to playradio.com slash live and just click on the live chat. So um, very, very quickly, we'll move on to see how everybody's been this week. So, Mac, uh, how have you been? I've just got an orange sidewinder. My cat, I, you're talking about nobody in game. I wasn't in game because I got an orange sidewinder error. But other than that, fine. I've been doing the C. Well, I've been trying to do the CG and not having much success. So um, I've been... I've been off mm-hmm. doing our uh, fighting our seemingly endless series of wars we always seem to get into in the EIC, and, uh, well, that's really been it. Um, starting to get... I've been, been got wet on my bike a few times because the, uh, the weather's changing a bit, so... Yeah. It's that time of year. Wet leaves, wet road surface, wet me. <laughs> As long as it's not ended up head over the heels on the concrete, you that should no, be fine. That hasn't that hasn't happened just yet. Yeah, Commander Shan, how have you been? I haven't been too bad this week. Um, let me see what I've been doing in real life. Um, I ha- put a ceramic coat on the car, so that involved lots of about six or seven hours preparation work, and then put that ready for the winter and. In games, well, I brought Star Wars Squadrons. Played Same here. A, yeah, played it for 200 hours. Um, mm-hmm. Decided it was too much like Call of Duty in space and got a refund. Oh, right. That's interesting. So we, 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 we can talk a bit about that after you had your bit, if you like. But basically, it was, I don't know, it just lacked the finesse of, of what I was expecting. So I thought, well, I may as well... Uh, Get a refund on it and not um, and save the money for something else. Ah, I see. So um, as we have just had um, somebody arrive, we've all got to say this. Apparently, oh, 
Ejo! Commander Suvereen, good timing. Um, what have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to this week? I have been, uh, I haven't been doing anything interesting at all. I've just been working um, because uh, I was away last week. Um, so my absence was because I was, um, uh, I went off in a, um, uh, in a camper with two friends and uh, we went off tooling around the highlands. Um, they actually live in the same building as me. So we've been like a little bubble since the beginning of COVID. Um, and um, we just bought a load of whiskey and, and nice food and, um, and cooked up meals under the stars and tooled around the highlands, um, which was totally brilliant um, and exactly what I needed. Um, and then I got back on Monday night and, um, uh, and then I was working like a madman for um, the first, for most of last week. And uh, I'm pretty much caught up now. So uh, not, nothing too interesting. So did the Suvette go with you or was it like an episode of the Inbetweeners? <laughs> uh, it was me and a bloke and another girl. So um, it wasn't much like the Inbetweeners. Did you uh, go on? Did you, did you take a trip along the West Highland Line extension uh, railway from Malag to um, where is it? Uh, Fort William, which is reputedly the one the most voted one of the most scenic railways in the world. It, yes, I, I, it is. I've never done that. Um, I, I did used to live in Scotland and have travelled around that part of the world quite a lot, and have never have not yet done it, but really want to. But we are thinking about doing a trip next year. Um, and, uh, we are hoping to work that into it. Um, but, uh, but that would be, uh, that would incorporate bits of, uh, the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh. And, um, it is very uncertain as to whether that will happen or not. Mm. And of course, for those of the, those that like the fantasy side of things, there's supposed to be a magic branch line off that line that will take you to Hogwarts. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, like Shan, I, I splashed out and got Star Wars Squadrons this week. Um, <clears throat> I must admit, uh, I know what Shan is on about. And then I found out that uh, I'm a victim of what was known as the 20% bug, which is if you fly with a HOTUS, uh, there is a hard-coded 20% dead zone in the center of, uh, of the flight stick, which means... When you compare CQC versus Star Wars Squadrons, CQC comes out a neck heck of a lot better. If it wasn't for the Star, you know, the Star Wars IP, this this game would not be doing as well as it would be. And uh, definitely, that's my opinion of it. But I'm sticking with it because I know there's a patch coming for a fix. Um, the twenty percent dead zone is enormous. My friend has been playing, and he he's mentioned that as well. Um, mm. I mean, that is. <laughs> that's laughably large and it changes it updates the config every time you run the game as well so you can't just change it in the files um, is that right no you can't yeah that's completely right um if you manage to change it yeah next time you load it up that's it it resets it um ea have said no it's um, uh, there was a lot of rumors saying that that's to equalize the people who play controllers and mouse for people who play flight sticks but ea have admitted no it's a mistake they're working on a patch uh stick with it um as far as um, Elite Danger is concerned, I haven't given up. I am now 83% deadly, so that means I've only got 17% 17 to go, which still is approximately just under 300 scouts. And I've been helping out in the CG as well. But my Imperial Commander is, yeah, she's not 
fighting for the Imperials on this one, which I suppose we can talk about later. So, we have had, yet again, quite a lot of news this week. Um, the Polycon article uh, was written by Charlie Hall, as was published, not long after the uh, uh, the Dev Diary dropped, and it gave a little bit more information about uh, what to expect in Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Um, it, they have said that the, this will be adding tens of thousands of new locations to the game, not only just the um, you know the social areas on every outpost and every uh, every station, but also these. Um, what, what did they, what did they refer to these these settlements? These tiny little settlements, which are just going to be out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they're the, they're the new settlement. They're the, they're the new. Um, I can't mm. say settlement, but settlement has a technical meaning here. They are the new um, sort of uh, developed area, like sort of habitable area or, or inhabited um, place in in the game that they're adding. Every, all the other all settlement is what they use to de- to define a Odyssey only, uh, or or yeah. or a or a town that is new with Odyssey, as opposed to one of the inhabited places that's been in the game since the beginning. And they look a little bit. They they look more open plan town like than uh, than the stuff that's already in the game. Yeah. Um, so, Vereen, since you went on last week, I mean, did you get the? Uh, everyone was talking Firefly. Did you get that that impression? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody warbles about Firefly as soon. Whenever anything comes out that's not that doesn't look like spacemen in pajamas like Star Trek. Everybody always calls, <laughs> always, always compares it to Firefly, and it's, it feels a bit lazy. No, not really. I mean, it, it, yes, okay, it looked a bit frontiersy, um, but it didn't, it didn't scream Firefly to me. Like the, the, you know, people, did, people weren't dressed up as cowboys and things. Um, it, it screamed Star Citizen to me, honestly. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, well, well, we'll discuss this in a lot more detail la- later on. Um, I mean, on, on Thursday, we had a uh, development live stream, uh, well, where they had uh, Arthur and um, Stephen had a couple of uh, the developers uh, popping by and discussing the new content, which, um, so without actually discussing what was there, what did you think to the stream's folks? I think they're getting slicker at it, that they're getting more used to the virtual streams if you sort of mean in mm. across between people's houses or wherever they are rather than the studio based ones so they're definitely getting slicker yeah i, I, I must admit i found this uh, the these streams to be improving week on week uh it was certainly um uh it, it certainly was an awful lot of information that we're going to be able to talk about which i think is oh such a pleasant change yeah. <laughs> mind um, you i am comparing the production values with Glave Radio, you know, so it's been improvement. Yes, yes um, if anybody was here for the live show last week, um, it's, yes, that it, it was just the Twitch gods were certainly against us on that one. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and of course, on Monday, there was the uh, the usual uh, social stream for it, this time with uh, Stephen and Bruce uh, showing off what was happening in the CG. And I must admit, it was <laughs> basically one of the funniest streams that we've seen in a while, because basically they just gave up trying to um, score for the CG and just shot each other, which I thought was hilarious. 
I take it in a winner. Well, my Monday is crazy busy. <laughs> what, what was that, Steve? Do they do these? Do they do these streams in open? Um, actually, I don't know. I don't think they did this time. I think that the the only time they they do it in open is when basically the, there's nothing to show off. If there's something that uh, some functionality they want to show, then they'll normally do it in a private group, so they basically get the chance to show off the content they want to show without, off without without the STC turning up with Harry Potter dressed up as a whatever he dressed up as last time. Well, I don't think he's about, so it, it's not really <laughs> it's, that doesn't happen as much anymore. But there are some people who just go for it for the laugh. Mostly because they'll be hanging around the station, just waiting for newbies to sort of limp in after a bit of a bit of a fight. So, um, I mean, shall we move on to the in-game events? I think so. Yes. Yeah, because we're, we're rattling through this quite fast. You see, this we're is so efficient. I know it's because Ben's not here. Well, Ben is here, but Ben's been given a new job. I can, I can, I can, I can interject if you want. No, thanks. You keep quiet and keep the tech going. Get back in your box. <laughs> go on. I like my, my, my box is pretty. I like my box. Yeah, hey, go hey, on. Back in here, then. Come. Jump, tech monkey, jump. <laughs> go dust, Nunu. <laughs> oh, dear. This, this tinky winky thing's going to be a runner, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you no, miss They don't run, they waddle. They do. <laughs> Except Silverine missed out on it last week, didn't he? And how upset I am. <laughs> Can you imagine Ben in a motion capture suit? Do I have to? Well, yeah, because we thought he looked like a Teletubby, so it's still <laughs> running. Yes, he would look a lot like a Teletubby, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we decided Colin was baby's son because he starts the show and the ends the show, you see. <laughs> I, read a, um, I read an article about the girl who baby son grew up into the other day and it was all full of existential angst about life after Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, I never got over featuring as the baby, as the son in Teletubbies. I'm now 25 and it's overshadowed my life. <laughs> Career highlight with being baby son. <laughs> it was brilliant. Actually, <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. Remember, well, I don't know if, Anybody else will remember this, but the baby who was basically on the front of the Nirvana oh, uh, album cover. Being underwater, right? Yeah. 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 He, he said something similar because everybody goes mental when they find out he's the baby. World's most famous penis. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. That came out. You're not wrong, I suppose. Apart from possibly Michelangelo's David. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. I, I think Michelangelo's got a couple of extra years in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, baby's uh, apparently baby son's name is Jess Smith, and she's had her own baby, so she's kind of mummy's son oh. now. I I wonder. Talking of the, these these characters, do, I wonder. Do, 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 do. I wonder how the uh, you know the girl who was in the test card with the clown. Oh my God! No, you're going back. She, uh, well, they, she's she's still in the test card with the clown. They they've been using that image for absolutely donkey's years now. Huh. Forty years at least. At least. Anyway, 
<laughs> the in-game events of what's been happening this week. Well, the new Starports, which uh, everybody did the CG for, uh, they've now become operational. So you, we've now got 10 brand new Starports, for, which will uh, sell the fuel that you need for your fleet carriers. So everybody give yourself a round of applause. However, um, on the subject of applause, Operation IDA has completed repairing all four of the damaged stations. There's nothing left to do. So basically, they're all going back into hibernation mode until the next um, big accident. Uh, it's Operation Ida, um, by the way. Yeah, this is the I thing. Dan will shortly point out because he interviewed them uh, last week on Elite Week. I think he, I think it was last week he did Operation Ida. We we did them for Sagai, and we learned. Yeah, because the, uh, there's ID, there's IDA, which are a completely separate group, which I don't remember what that stands for. And then there's Operation Ida, which I think uh, IDA isn't it Defense Initiative yeah. or something. They're a player minor faction, I think. And then there's there's <laughs> Ida, which are the people who fix the space the space stations. Yeah, yeah Colin right. should know about Ida mountain. as well, though, Mac, because we've had Ida on Lave Station, and also because of Mind Ida. It's just this is Colin we're talking about, so you know, we've yes. got to give him a break. Yeah, probably. I'm now facing an enormous visage of Edmund's man. I've just flown through his face. I couldn't nice. think of worse things for you to fly through. <laughs> well, Silence, <as> tech monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Get the power. Back to thy turntables or whatever it is that you people do. The power has gone to Souverine's head. <laughs> <laughs> I have no power. power. Uh, yeah, he's got the power to silence you. Be careful. I've got the power. Anyway, because um, you make Suverine sound like Tinky Winky on the on the stream, sort of do a voice change on him. That, that's listen. Ben at the moment is at at sort of apprentice level. He d- he doesn't have. <laughs> we're lucky. We're lucky that the thing's going out at the moment because um, unfortunately, uh, our other tech person, Commander Hatter, uh, his his CPU blew up. Uh, earlier this week, so um, sorry, Chris. <laughs> we didn't. We we were we're, uh, we're hoping that everything will be all right in the end. It's a uh, dangerous but, job, Labour Radio. Yeah, they they, it, they, it, they tell you at boot camp. You know, the survival rate is very low. You know, bad things happen out there. If you if you, if you want to do Labour Radio, it's you, you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to know the risks. <laughs> um, but you know, not everybody makes it. It's that's so a, a, a true a true leader takes the risks. Yeah, they? exactly, exactly that. Well, on the subject of risk, um, the imperial crackdown on the monoliths have continued, um, and it's got to the point where the empire has blamed the engineer Liz Ryder for creating the missiles or the bombs which blew up the stations. Now, this has led to a community goal, which is in progress. And this community goal is different because basically, if you end up in the top 75% of uh, the people fighting for the engineer, you get a super engineered piece of equipment. Now, this is the first time we've had a double engineered piece of equipment set up as a reward. What do you think to that? I think it's really cool. Uh, I, 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 I think the... I think the 
the choice of mods on it are notable. Like it, it it's a cool it's a cool reward and that you can't get it anywhere else. Um, it is also quite carefully thought through, I think, because it's not it's not game breakingly useful. Um, a class two grade five lightweight grade five high capacity missile launcher is not gonna it's not gonna ruin anybody's game or or unbalance the game particularly. It's got quite it's quite a niche. It's quite an, it's got quite a niche use case. If it was, if it was, for example, a fragment cannon that had um, that had grade five long range and grade five overcharged and uh, and that experimental effect that slows you down or, or disables your drives or whatever, that would be that would be game breaking. I, I feel like they, they they were quite careful in doing something that a you can't get anywhere else and is is therefore exciting and unique, but b not is not going to unbalance the the game significantly. Cool. The most imbalanced missile I remember was was the bug with pack hound. Do you remember that where you could just keep pressing fire before they reloaded? Yeah, that was that was mental when they keep it. You saw these hundreds of pack hounds coming straight at you. It was certainly um, um, butt clenching. That was. Uh, I mean, the the other point I got to make is that on the opposing side, the empire just takes over Liz's base. Do you think? Oh, wait, oh, but everybody who gets more 75% gets access to that base. Did, I mean, did you get the feeling that the people wanted, that the, the Frontier wanted Liz to win on this one? Because it feels <laughs> it really like they're all like that. Yeah. Well, they haven't got to change anything, have they? If she wins, they haven't got to change anything, really. Basically, the Empire didn't. As soon as it announced, the Empire didn't really stand a chance with this one because. On the one hand, you got something, hey, we got a cool new thing, even though it's not game-breakingly good or anything. It's a cool new thing, which is kind of exclusive. Or we get access to an engineer we probably already have access to. Yeah. Um, mm, I think I'll, I'll, I'll fight for this. I mean, at the moment, I mean, in-game, my Imperial character's actually fighting for Liz because basically um, she doesn't believe that the... Uh, it's her fault. She built she built some missiles and stuff like that, but she's built missiles for everybody. That's like so, blaming Tony Stark, isn't it, for the missile attack in Iron Man? <laughs> it is a bit. So, I mean, or, overall... Or, 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 or blaming, blaming Richard Feynman for the bombing of Nagasaki. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, before we go into... Um, the Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation for which bomb? Um, well, uh, what's your, everybody's impression of this CG? I mean, is, is it going well? I must admit, I'm enjoying it. It's going well if you're on Liz Ryder's side. I did look because I thought, I hope there's a sting in the tail for this, by the way. I hope that when it finishes, uh, it's also announced that anybody who I, I, this isn't going to happen, but I'm, I'm, it would just be so good if it did. Everybody who was in the top 75% for, for Liz Ryder immediately becomes persona non grata in the entire empire and cannot dock in an M- imperial station anymore. Forever. It's not going to happen though. <laughs> I would really like a mass correction. I would, I would, I would really like a, a big, reputational effect if you if you support Liz writer then then you are you are immediately demoted to unfriendly or hostile with the emperor, uh, with see, the emperor. see i that i don't really think cool. that i don't think that's funny enough what and i you're stripped of your your imperial your you lose your imperial cutter 
Uh, no, I, 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 no, I don't think. I, I just think a reputation change would be cool. Like, yeah, it's reversible yeah. with a bit of work. It it reflects that changes has that that choices have consequences. I feel like that would that's the kind of direction I'd like the game to go in. I, I think that removing people's ships is too punitive. Um, yeah, you, 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 I, you're probably the voice of reason there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I would, I've actually been okay. um, I've been flying for uh, for the Empire as well, and um, uh, but f- but fully aware only only for roleplay reasons, but fully aware that we were definitely gonna we're going to lose, and there's absolutely there's no open hell of us getting it. Yeah, uh, what is that? Are you going to say, Sean? What's, um, what nefarious punishment was, do you want to dish out? Well, I mean, seeing as um, she supplied the explosives to you know to to do the act, I would I would reverse it. So if you fitted the missiles and fired them, your ship blew up. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. I thought you were going to go for the... I, I thought you were going to completely wipe out people's imperial rank and they had to start again. Well, I, I, no, that would be afterwards. So when you did your rebuy, you lost your imperial rank as, as, a, as, a, as a fee for picking up your escape pod. <laughs> Karumba says it completely agrees uh, supporting rider means that you lose your basking privileges uh, drop to the lowest imperial rank and it means you can't fly your clipper or your cutter until you rank up again Ooh. what you have to hit the same rank is what you would do to fly the ship yeah I think it would be good if every time I think it'd be really good if when you when your rank was low with one of the superpowers, if you flew one of the superpowers, if you if you flew a sh- if you flew a ship belonging to one of the superpowers with whom you had a poor reputation, NPCs sent you abusive messages. Like so, like if you were if you were hostile with the Empire and you flew around in a clipper, for example, you just got loads of abusive messages from NPCs saying like, "What are you doing in that lovely ship? Get out of it, traitor!" All that sort of thing. Brilliant. You get you get an L plate paint job on your ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny if you're mentioning that because that's exactly what Bruce was doing. He he was flying um, a full-on co- in federal corvette for the Empire in uh, in the combat zones, and you're just there thinking. Uh, that uh, a true imperial wouldn't be doing that, but then again, I suppose they're just mercenaries. Yeah, exactly. Well, somebody in the EIC has a Corvette, which he's given the shit name of Imperial Corvette. <laughs> right. So such a beast technically exists. I suppose there's probably a Federation cutter out there as well somewhere. I think there are probably quite a lot of them. But it would make oh, sense, yeah. wouldn't it, if you, if you if you lost your reputation with a um, with a superpower, you would not be allowed to fly the ship. It would be impounded until you earned it back. That would make sense. Well, no, it's your private property. You can do what you want with it. Or if you end up if you end up getting your ship blown up, uh, you can't rebuy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't rebuy. Uh, you, you, you don't. Ne- you don't necessarily lose the money for it, but you you um, you can't rebuy it. Until you yeah. rank back up again. Yeah, that, that's a better idea. Well, that oh, is the thing. If, that. Oh, that is the thing, though. If you lose in, in real life, if you lose your <coughs> license in, I don't know, non-European country, I don't know, in Switzerland. So if you if you do if you are banned from driving in another country, you can't then drive in that country. It doesn't stop you driving anywhere else, but you're just banned in that country. So it would be the same principle, wouldn't it? Yeah, it could be. I mean, this comes back to the old thing, the old thing that I, this little bugbear that I have is that I don't think you should be able to be 
top rank in both federal and imperial. There's got to be a point where you choose one side or the other. Totally agree. Absolutely because, agree. Uh, I don't look. I know some people say, oh, "But what about my choice?" I'm just thinking it would just make the game universe feel a little bit more, make sense a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely correct. I, I think it'd be, I think it would be really good if um, being allied with one of the superpowers meant that you could be no, mo- no more than neutral with the others. And that'd be that'd be <laughs> that'd be the simplest, best change that. Um, that the devs could implement for to, to boost roleplay and immersion, in my view. If I'm being really trollish, I'd have other people vote for what faction you should belong to. Have you been playing <laughs> Among Us too much, haven't you? That, no, that's I mean, that's, that's actually one thing that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do a live radio Among Us, and I think everyone's going to kick Shan out first. I've been you, I'm nice. Don't bully me. We'll all just murder Shan and then blame Shan for the murders. <laughs> I can just see, see there seeing Shan's the dead body and we still vote about. Exactly. <laughs> Remember what I found out last week about uh, that, that Shan in the Northeast means terrible. It definitely means that here. <laughs> right. Well, I'll have a nice show, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Shan, Shan, Shan's an apartment. <laughs> Screw you guys. Anyway, show notes. <laughs> show notes. Yes, we have gone off a little bit on on um, the tangent railway. Um, so the newsletter this week, well, there wasn't a newsletter, but there was a uh, nice little uh, store alert about new skins for the Mamba. And what was the other uh, the other ship? No, I'm testing anybody here. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. None at all. Uh, Hauler. No, it wasn't. That was that guess. No, of course not. Uh, Educated estimation. It's how much people care about paint jobs now, isn't it, really? No, it's it's reflective of how much people care about newsletters. The Elite Dangerous newsletters are some of the least edifying literature I receive in my inbox. They used to be brilliant when we got, like behind-the-scenes dev stuff and law diaries and deep dives into the culture of the various superpowers and whatnot. Now, they are, for for the last year, since they went bi-monthly, they're, they're just garbage. Here's a new paint job. Here's a coffee table that somebody made out of a out of a printed-out Coriolis skin. Here's a, here's, some, here's a spaceship that somebody made out of Lego. See you in the black. Jesus fucking Christ, they're just completely useless. Okay. Oh, really cool too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, tell me I'm wrong. Like, are, are the newsletters useful at all? Well, they're not for us because we keep our fingers on the pulse of the news at 24-7 here at Live Late Radio. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for someone who's just a, a part-time casual, I think that they're quite useful, especially because they now have a media section where Live Radio is featured every single newsletter. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. I yes. Yeah. Being be serious, if I was, if I contributed something like I don't know, Lego spaceship or something like that, and sent into the newsletter, I would feel really chuffed that I had had a mention in the newsletter. So it's easy to be a bit cynical about it. But mm. for the people who are spending the time and contributing, 
and then getting mentioned, it's a real buzz. So uh, I, I think they do serve a purpose for that. Yeah, I think it might be right. one. I'm being facetious. Actually, the newsletter is responsible for a lot of the reason that Sagittarius I was so popular because we um, uh, we got featured in the newsletter quite a lot and actually it is really really good i suppose the my my cynicism is 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 not born out of the service that it does to creators it's more out it's more born out of the degree of insight that it used to give into the development of the game um it very much transitioned from this is a kickstarted project we're all in this together here is an insight into what we're doing to you are you are customers we are a publisher and this is our this is our weekly boardroom approved um snapshot of anodyne nonsense it, basically it, um it, it, I, I, I just i just i just miss it being useful basically. i guess it was always going to change though they couldn't keep the chummy happy well, happy I mean, a, bit of, a bit of for very long uh, a bit of concept art is goes a long way like the occasional law deep dive is um i mean they can recycle them they used to publish this stuff i don't think any you know five if you look if you look back at the uh mm-hmm. the newsletters from six years ago they were fascinating they were absolutely fascinating um, and, um, and I used to really look forward to receiving them. There's, you know, I, I, personally, I wouldn't begrudge them republishing that content. It's six years old now. Um, it'd be better than yet another, um, uh, paint job sale. Um, by the way, Steve, are, are you paying attention to the live stream? No. Okay. No worries. Come <laughs> <Carry> on. <laughs> now, I <Not> the- <laughs> now I need to find the link to the live stream. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> why does why have we got the weather from Cambridge up on the live screen stream? I have no because idea. somebody was asking for the weather, and I'm not going to give the weather and dox myself by providing my postcode. So I thought I'd give Cambridge's I mean, instead. Wouldn't it have been easier to ask them what weather did you want to, or just say look out of the window? Did they ask oh. for lucky dip weather? Well, they asked for the lottery yes. as well. <laughs> Um, well, it's a bit of a problem because that that person who's requested is actually in Switzerland. So, um, just call up Zurich. <laughs> Leave radio providing services that no one really asked for. <laughs> I ain't providing any services, mate. Doesn't this have an interaction there it is. <laughs> well, what we're we doing. Go on then. No, I was going to say we're, we're we're on form tonight, aren't we? Such professionalism and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And surprisingly enough, it's raining. So <laughs> ah, just like Manchester. So we will, as um, our tech monkey is reliably informing uh, the Twitch stream that what the weather is like in Zurich. Um, We are going to take a bit of a break. uh, And then after these adverts, we will come back with our main discussion, which is, of course, all the extra tidbits that we got from the live stream on Thursday. Real content. Stay listening, everyone. I know. Okay, hopefully this will work. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy well warm done, cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verrick's wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. 
Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. Attention. Second technician Chris Forrester to the Zoological Laboratory. The vending machine is broken. I repeat. Second technician Forrester to the Zoological Laboratory. The vending machine is broken. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? It's even louder than me. Wait a minute. I can't be right. Welcome back. Um, now, our main discussion this this week um, will cover all the the wonderful new information that we've we've had since the the live stream on Thursday. This also includes um, some of the uh, detail that uh, Obsidian Ant uh, managed to glean from Frontier when he sent in a a bunch of questions. So, um, uh, thanks to Obsidian Ant for. Uh, Asking things for on everybody's behalf. So um, the first thing that uh, I wanted to uh, discuss is that um, now, obviously, in uh, we can take our existing commanders and walk around uh, on planets, but Arthur's also confirmed that you can actually play ED completely on foot. This means you don't even need a ship. Now that took me by com- 
complete surprise because I didn't expect this. So, um, what are your thoughts, everybody? What did he mean by playing ED fully on, on foot? Well, it means so you don't need a ship. Can't. Well, you, you obviously can't, can't, can you? You need a ship. No. no. You, That's the point you say. Well, no, no, no. But I think about it. If, for exploration, if you're on one planet without a ship, how, how are you going to get off and do exploration stuff? Apex. I think That's it's going to be very simple, crime. actually, uh, Shan. You're going to be able to jump into the taxi, go out and scan things with your your handy little vacuum cleaner, hand it in, that'll get you an exploration bonus. Jump in the taxi to somewhere else, then? you scan it, more exploration bonus, bonus, rinse and repeat. Now, does yeah, this mean that. we can be the annoying guy who asks for three tonnes uh, of consumer product? when we're being ferried around. <laughs> oh, well, hang on a second. But let, let's let's not all get ahead of ourselves. Shan, you were wanting to say something. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking it through because, okay, you can say you can explore, but you can only explore to where the taxi takes you. And, That's true. And then, if I remember rightly, we were told you had these new ranks for sampling things and using the Dyson tool. That's one so, of the uh, things. That, so, yeah. uh, unless that is exercises linked to the exploration mm-hmm. elite rank, then I just yeah, I need to see how it works. But I'm not. I'm sure you're going to have to do something in ships or something with the elite elite dangerous. I don't. You can just wander around and do and do what you want. Or if you do, it's going to take you so long. I don't know. I, I'm just waiting. I'm just open minded to see how it will work. But I mean, they're not. They're not. They're, it's not advertised. They're not advertising it as now you don't need a spaceship to have fun. They're just saying that the mechanics they've implemented mean that if you so wish, if if you wanted to, for some bizarre reason, you could mm-hmm. play the game entirely without spaceships. You you can't do. You won't be able to do. Your, well, I don't know this. You're unlikely to be able to do anything particularly effectively or quickly, but you can. Um, right. You can play it without a spaceship if you want. So, but well, that would mean how would you then do ship combat unless it's killing players? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Yeah, so it, you, can play the game without, you, you can play the game without advancing your ranks. Yeah, a lot of people are saying you just take the uh, the bus, uh, which is, of course, the Apex service, which will allow you to travel between systems. Now, the Apex service at the moment, they say you will basically, um, it will tra- it'll happen in real time. So uh, they haven't actually decided how much real time it will be. So effectively, you would turn up to the taxi rank or the apex place, say, I would like to go to such and such a place if it's in range. And then basically your commander will be, then be out of the game for a set length of time until they arrive at that destination. So it's a bit like the ship, uh, you know, waiting on, on a ship transfer. Only you're doing it's a character. It'll only go where the taxi takes you. It's not going to be yeah. like a star Uber, is it? And you just go whatever there and hope you don't get killed on the way. Well, this is one interesting thing because one of the things that I, I was asking and got ignored an awful lot was, is it possible to actually rescue stranded commanders in either an SLV or a ship? So basically, you could then, you, you land this commander B Let's say the, the the planet side guy will then uh, board your ship, become part of your multi crew, and then you can fly to a different direction and drop him off. And I just I just thought that'd be great because it'd be a new kind of 
rescue. It'd be brilliant. Uh, yeah, intergalactic rescue. I'm going to have to change my commander look so they look like Rutger Hauer. <laughs> there's actually no uh, there's there's no mechanical reasons why they couldn't do that. I don't think. Well, you see, this is the thing because I asked quite a lot in the streams, um, and well, Arthur has said that they will not talk about things that uh, they're not prepared to talk about yet. So maybe the you know maybe they saw that question and said no, we're not going to talk about that one yet, but we'll. We'll, we'll take it from there. Now, I thought that was great. And then I thought, oh, hang on a second. Just as long as you can't eject a crewman or um, a passenger whenever you've got halfway there. Because we, we all suspect that there'd be someone on this crew who would just do that. Yes, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um now, I'm going to assume that this transport is going to be safe. You're not going to be attacked by pirates halfway through and just get, <laughs> you go away from your desk, come back, and it says, your commander's ship was attacked. You are dead. But wouldn't that be great gameplay, though? You're on, you're on the, you have to defend the shuttle against borders. Yeah, that's interesting. And there you go, Frontier. Did it take that down? You can have that one for free. Hang on. Why suggest you not determine how much it costs? Yeah, you um, broadcast on live radio. It belongs to us now. <laughs> All your suggestions be ours. Is that in the small print? <laughs> Notice how quiet he's gone all of a sudden. I was just <laughs> looking at the small print, and actually it says I, I have a percentage cut of anything Wave Radio earns. Well, that's going to be interesting, considering <laughs> we all earn nothing. <laughs> You've got a percentage cut soon, uh, that's, what, that's what we want you to believe, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> If you've got a different contract to mine, there is going to be words. Anyway, uh, yeah, there is pre in elite. There is precedent for uh, these. You know, like you've been boarded by pirates, game over. In the Spectrum version of Elite, that that's would happen. Right, yeah, occasionally. that's right. You get boarded. That's it. It's a, you, uh, a screen card saying your ship has been boarded by pirates. This is when you're they show, they show no they mercy. show no yeah. mercy, and that was it. Game over. You had to reload. Seriously. That's, yeah, that's a terrible mechanic. Yes. <laughs> that's so arbitrary. Well, we're yeah, talking of machine with 48k of RAM here. You know, it's not like... Yeah, so you're right for uh, not saving your game after you're docking. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Quite. <laughs> this this was 1985, so, you know. I guess game design techniques. To, I guess they wanted to have a risk associated with docking at certain ports, I suppose. There was yeah. enough well, risk at docking it, anyway. No, it wasn't. Docking was so easy. You just line up more or less with a docking port and, and put it full, full throttle power. and you got it. Yeah. yeah. And then you got in. That's how I used to dock. Full power every time. That's how yeah. I still dock. Docking in Elite is uh, famously easy. Oh, it is now. It was back it then. The, the only thing is back then you really had to make sure your ship was horizontally aligned with the mail slot. I mean, now a Carbomac 3 will fit through a 90 degrees to the mail slot just about. But back then it wouldn't. You actually had to be level with the mail slot to go through it. Otherwise, you just blew up. If, especially if you did the full speed docking style, you'd just blow up. Yeah, you couldn't be an angle, could you? Yeah, I mean, Bitstorm has been in, in the chat room is speculating that actually, if you are <laughs> if you are on one of these apex transports, does that mean that other players will see you as you transport and could attack the ship that you are transported in? Oh, that'd be so fun. 
I have the sneaking suspicion that you won't be able to find these Apex transports with your ship. Yeah, I, I suspect that's the case. It'd be nice yeah. if you could, but there's... The, but the, then they'd have to use the turrets to, yeah. to defend themselves, which I think is actually quite a good idea, because I actually quite like that turret mechanic once you get used to it. But I, th- so I think a, a boarding mechanism, I think, would be absolutely superb, but I suspect um, it's probably not in this release. Mm-hmm. That would be so no. cool, wouldn't it? Because you could do a proper blockade, because you could interdict all the buses and just <laughs> stop people from getting in a system. Obviously, you could go to a private group and cheese it, but if, if you could properly blockade people by stopping their shuttles and blowing them up, that'd just be brilliant. Yeah, Bitstorm has, has put the cat amongst the pigeons here. Players do not have the option of going solo to avoid ganks in yeah. this. In this, So basically, you can only use the apex in open, and then you're attacked. <laughs> I, I, I can't see them being... It'd be too... Make you happen, Frontier. There is- it would be good. I can't see it happening. There is one thing I've been wondering about with the the suits, though, uh, and the because right now you can you can use your arcs to get like uh, clothes that go over your your remlock suits. Uh, yeah, and I have them, etc. I'm just hope I have they mentioned whether that is going to be there in Odyssey. So if you got so if now you have got one of these outfits, I can't remember what they're called exactly, but something like. Um, was ah, anyway, you, you know what I mean. The, the the outer clothing you can put over your own right? Suit. Okay, got you. Um, I I'm I'm just wondering if you will be able to continue that they'll be actually available or enabled if you just like walk out of ship and yeah. You know, station, fun, for instance. funny. I think um, because I that. I look I look dead sexy in mine, so I want to keep <laughs> it. I think in this case, um, if you're in a, uh, you know, you're walking around a station or an outpost or a social hub, I think they're going to be allowing you to wear what you have in Hollow Me. The suits are used when you're, you know, you go out of those when you're on the planet's surface themselves. Now, this actually brings us on to the next part of, of our discussion. Um, Luke Benetton was uh, was brought onto the stream to talk about suits, and they said that these suits are going to be that complex, they could probably do a whole dev diary just on the suits. But uh, essentially, they are the new kind of ship, if you like, in inverted columns, uh, inverted commas rather, of the Odyssey game. You can upgrade them, there are different types of them, you can modify them, you can obviously have more than one suit. And they've only mentioned three so far, which is the Explorer, the soldier and the scavenger. Um, so, it, does this appeal to uh, to you guys? You know, a new level of uh, <laughs> equipment to buy. Uh, I just want to say I called it last week. It's going to be like Space Call of Duty. Yes, where your sh- where your shit where your suit determines your role in the game. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about though, because it's all about emotes and motion capture, I want the Power Rangers animation when they activate their power suits, you know, when they suit up or something like I just don't want the suit to magically appear. It needs to be something like that. But I kind of don't know where they're gonna go with this because presumably 
you'll be able to get cosmetics and various add-ons and stuff for the ship. Now, for your suit, sorry. How is that going to be obtained? Are you going to have to do them by CQC, for example? Are you going to need to do them for credits or a new currency? Because how will you earn these upgrades? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something we're actually going to be uh, talking about later because they mention it a bit later as well. Um, <laughs> just getting over the fact that um, Shan is uh, a closet anime stroke Power Rangers fan, we'll go to Silverine. Uh, I, I think this is pretty good. Um, the thing that I'm concerned about is that they've said that they, you won't be able to buy the stuff for credits. Yes. They said you won't be able to buy the guns and the suits and stuff for credits, which is just... I I, was, I remember saying um, months ago that I really, really hoped that Elite Odyssey wouldn't introduce a, a load of bullshit new currencies. Um, and, um, uh, and it looks like they have, which yes. is really, really annoying. <clears throat> what system? The game right. already has credits that we, we have a perfectly good currency for everything and we have a, cu- a currency for cosmetics we we already have an extra currency in terms of materials for um for engineering i can just about deal with the fact that the engineers don't take credits and they just take random garbage because um you can you, because ostensibly they they use it to to you know mess around doing their tinkering um the fact that you can't buy small arms and clothing and stuff with credits is nonsense like it's complete it's it, it's a nonsense on a on a fidelity level because the universe isn't going to be believable if you can't use the primary universal currency to buy to buy things um and it's nonsense from a game design perspective because you're you do, you're adding more bullshit currencies just so that people have got more stuff to grind for it'll be it'll end up being like being destiny where people actually make memes about how many currencies there are um it, yeah but i, 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 I just problem- really hate that so what do you think the currency will be? I mean, will it be the Triganic Pew, the Alterian Dollar, or even the Will Flanian Pobblebead? You know what? <laughs> my preference would be, uh, be buying the stuff with credits. You buy, all, you buy all the small arms with credits, you buy all the suits with credits, um, but to upgrade them, you use uh, engineering materials. Um, I'm being serious. So would, the, ships. so would the, would the currency for suit be like the equivalent of the Ningi to the Triganic Pew? Would you yeah. have like a sub credit? I don't. I don't think we've got a planet big enough to have a pew. If you remember, but there's, uh, there's a, a, a dinghy supposed to be. You can you size could, of you a could, continent. You could tow it behind your fleet carrier. <laughs> okay, we're getting a little bit off off topic here. I mean, uh, because basically, it's we were going to come on to currency later. Um, so we'll we'll come on to currency later. But as far as the um, uh, ben, do you want to just jump in there, or is it going to be more currency talk? It's more currency talk, right? I can I can summarize it up very quickly, though, if you want. Um, no, save it for when we get to currency. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but as far as the suits themselves concerned, everybody's happy with them, and you know, it's a good idea, or is it just? It depends what you can do in them. Yeah. Well, the, the three that they've discussed is obviously Explorer, so basically that'll be out with your Dyson-like sampler device. Uh, Soldier, that'll be with, obviously, guns. And I must admit, the Soldier that they showed off was certainly very um, Darth Vader-ish or Stormtrooper-like, wasn't it? 
It was. Yeah, the question is, will you start out with one of each suit, or will you, if you like, choose a choose a profession, and then you then have to use your ulterior dollars to buy additional professions? Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you've got um, several different types of suit. So you start off at the, I don't know, the Soldier Mark One suit. And before you know it, um, you've got to grind your way up to the Soldier Mark Ten suit in order to have any chance against Thargoids. We are assuming, I, I am assuming that at some point there will be first person combat in suits against Thargoids. I think that um, it's, it's pretty much a given. Especially since we saw the leak a few months ago, or the supposed leak. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll move on from suits then. Uh, now, apparently there's going to be NPC dialogue options, like Skyrim. Now, I didn't think there was sort of dialogue options in Skyrim. I thought that those kind of dialogue options were as in Oblivion with the horrible disky thing. No, I, I think they were. I, I think they were because you like have a persuasion option and a thing like that, the dialogue. I believe in Skyrim. I think there was, but I don't know. I I can see how it would work once, but if they have a, the, the same dialogue for every single type of NPC, no matter the place you visit, I can see that just getting fairly. You you, you just skip read it. Oh, I'll go one and two and then one. Like, oh. Right, so you mean it's more like sort of the Mass Effect uh, Sotor type thing? Sort of, yeah. Right. Now, I heard talk of voice acting stuff. Yep. They, they have said that there's going to be a combination of text and uh, voice acting. So I'm hoping that they've put enough variety into the voice acting so that everybody doesn't always sound the same. I mean, that does seem to work in in the space stations, even though, you know, there are quite a few that sound the same. but It is, it is quite a tall order, though, because if you think of it, if you say you had, if you had like 10,000 odd phrases or whatever, the, the NPC, which were all voice actors, you think of the voice acts time it takes to that. Now you multiply it by all the languages that Elite Dangerous is supported in. So you've got to do a French one, a German one, a Spanish one, a Russian one, and whatever else. It suddenly becomes quite the epic task to get all these things voice acted mm. with oh, sufficient yeah. number of phrases that it doesn't become instantly repetitive. Yes, I know. Especially if you if you go back and compare that to Mass Effect, we're right. Uh, the very first one and the amount of... Um, times you just hear the same phrase said over and over even in final fantasy 15 when you're in combat you hear the same phrases all the time after a while and it just winds you up anyway souverine uh i think they um uh i think they will do that and uh, it will be a lot of voice acting um but it's no different from it's no different from space station greetings or um or your crew members chat um, you, you get used to them being the same, and you excuse it. Um, I think that when they say dialogue options, I think they has anybody played? Um, let me think. Either X Four or Pulsar. Uh, we've got. I think we've played Pulsar, but not that much. But X Four's passed me by. Okay, so in those games, when you um, when you speak to an NPC, and the NPCs are Proc Gen in both. Um, I think Proc Gen. In, um, the 
you've got loads of dialogue options, and they generally are uh, they generally boil down to uh, in-universe tr- versions of uh, point me to my objective, point me to somewhere where I could get repairs on my ship, point me to somewhere where I could get some other kind of service, um, or if there's if they're a mission giver, give me a mission, or if they're a if they're a vendor, let me see your let's start trading. Um, those things are those. Those are your basic things, and there are in-universe phrases that designate those. So, for example, you can go up to an NPC and, and dialogue, and, and you have options for what to say to them. And the, your options might be um, show me your wares, or tell me where I can find work, or something like that. Um, and then the and then the you select that with one to four or whatever, and your and the NPC spits out a line of dialogue, um, uh, and it will be something like I've updated your map. Um, and then you'll get a ping saying where the thing that you've asked to be directed. Um, and yeah, okay, it's imperfect and it's a little bit clumsy and you get very used to hearing the little barks that they have. I've updated your map or whatever, but it works. It works fine. Um, and in terms of the, in terms of the effort involved in getting all the local, localizations done and all the voice acting done, it doesn't strike me that it would need to be that much different from the voice acting that they've already done. Um, so, so anyway, long story short, I think there is a I think there is a way in which it can be done convincingly and usefully. Right. Okay. Then. Um, right. Next up, we got Shan, and then we'll go back to Matt. Yeah, I, I was about to say voice acting. Um, they seem to remove a fair amount of voice acting from the game in subsequent patches because do you remember the uh, used to get insulted for things like using docking computers and stuff like that from stations? So they've cut down the number of voices. In in, in 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 the game, I, I believe, and also on the point of um, using voice acting, you don't need like a single voice actor for every single voice. They can do impressions. They can do different voices. Yeah. Uh, so I think you probably can, and if you change the dialogue, even if it's the same voice, it's different dialogue so that kind of makes it seem a bit fresher right well before we i hand over to mac um i just like to point out that it's funny you should mention all this stuff about voice acting because um the pilot the the uh the content creator that does uh who's done some fantastic elite dangerous videos um he touched on an old game that we all probably have played freelancer where they had an awful lot of voice content in and the problem was they they did try the same kind of trick uh, uh but where you would talk to people in bars and then you know try and uh, get missions from people and the problem was after a while you wanted to punch every single one of them in that bar because the dialogue was the same no matter it, it didn't matter. They, they tried to put a little bit of variation in, but it just was so. Oh, actually, the pilot has just recently done a video on Freelancer, so I will I will recommend that because basically it will show you exactly what I'm on about, and probably you'll want to punch them as soon as you see them as well, Mac. Yes. Um, anyway, I, I think I've probably said what I'm going to say about the voice acting. Um, yeah, well, other than, yeah, they can do it's, it. My point wasn't so much that you need lots and lots of different voice actors, but even if you have one voice, act, if even if you have, um, 
oh, what's his name? The guy who used to do impressions, um, or the, the cast, of Dead, or the the cast of Dead Ringers, or something like that. Um, Mike Yarwood, wasn't it? God, that is going. <laughs> really, you'd think that if you if you'd refer to Rory, Rory Bremner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it shows how long I have. I, I've watched. I, I don't watch much TV, uh, but yeah, the the it it's still a lot of time recording, and you're going to need at least you're probably going to need at least one voice actor per. Even if you have really good impressionists, you're probably mm-hmm. going to need one voice actor per language, and then the hours and hours and hours and hours. It, it, it's news to me they've they've removed the sounds the 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 insults for using the docking computer. Not that oh, I'm being interdicted by a player. I'm being interdicted by a player. I'm going to crash into the plan. Um, it's news to me that they've um, removed the voice act the, the voice actors from or not the voice actors but some of the voicing from the stations. But mm. then again, I don't use the docking computer, so I wouldn't have noticed that anyway. Um, I, I, I personally haven't heard a difference in a while. I haven't noticed anything going away. Um, but, and, and also I'm, I usually, I'm usually hearing the, uh, Imperial stations, but, right. um, yeah, there was, uh, the, the, the there's the, the other thing is, which is, it, it's, and it's going to be a Mooney on it. I, I know exactly what the wine will be when Odyssey comes out about the locations, because they say there's, there's all these new locations, but they're, they're of course all based on a template. So a large station, the indoor bit on the large station is probably going to look the same on every large station and, and so on and so forth. But again, if you think of it, um, to if if you got like ten thousand or so in locations, how, how many stations there are? Um, and there's there's quite a few. <laughs> you would you yes. would have to, if you want them all unique. Again, it'd be an awful lot. That you, you either have to come up with a really really good procedural generation algorithm, which can make a sensible layout for every station, or you have to spend an absolute inordinate amount of time doing 10,000 unique layouts, which is which probably be. far beyond the call of duty for a, a piece of DLC, which is going to launch for, I don't know what, 30, 40 quid. Um, yeah. I, I, we don't know what the pricing is now, but it's, uh, and for which uh, probably half of the people are going to play it going to be a uh, lifetime extension, uh, you know, MEP holders or Kickstarters. No, so absolutely no way. No, so, it- I don't think they managed to sell one and a half million. Yeah, that's nonsense. They they only sold a they they, they a couple of hundred thousand tops. Elite elite has elite has gained players enormously since 2017. Um, the player the, the the total number of copies sold is dwarfs the number of LEP and Kickstarter. Yeah, okay, but it it's still it's it's still probably going to it's probably a tough call for to have somebody handcraft 10,000 locations or come up with a really very i mean they they're masters of um procedural generation anyway but it would take a little yeah. it would take something else to i mean you, you look for instance the shoebox stations the um yeah the the outposts and whatnot there's various configurations of those which are which are basically generated procedurally, but there's only you know it, people people still complain. There's only a certain number of designs, even though they may be put together differently. Um, 
there's a, and, and I can see that now. I can see, and, and it is a little bit unfair as well, just due to the, sometimes expectations can get a, a, a little bit beyond themselves. And I, I suspect that will be, I, I'm calling it now that the, when, when Odyssey actually drops or is in beta, the, the, the first wine will be the locations all look too similar. Yeah, so if I go to oh, Lave yeah. Station, it looks the same as yeah, uh, yeah, the next the next independent station, whatever that might be. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, they, they, they can they can get round this by saying, uh, "Look, this is a Coria, Coriolis station or an Orbis station. It's all modular. They're all going to look the same." Oh, yeah, we don't and that's, that is a perfectly that's actually a perfectly reasonable explanation because if you think about it, if you're building these things, they're they're like giant prefabs. You're not going to just build the internal layout different because you can because that would make these things more expensive to produce you're going to have a template every Coriolis station is it's going to have more or less thing. apart yeah. from the the decal will probably change but they've already said that the decal yeah, the, the, they've on, already they've already confirmed that the decal is going to change depending on the particular um uh, particular environment Suvering. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't think, uh, I think Matt's got a point. Um, I, uh, it, it does sound a little bit apologetic to say that nobody should have their expectations calibrated higher than identical locations. Um, I think, I, I think richness of palette of art assets is the key thing. I don't think it's about sophistication of algorithm. Um, it's more about the, the, the breadth of the palette of art assets that, um, that the algorithm can choose from. So, for example, um, independent stations, 10 variants for a corridor, 10 variants for a mess hall, 10 variants for a, uh, a shop complex. Imp- Imperial stations, 10 variants for corridor, 10 variants for mess hall, etc, etc. And that's how you, and, and then your algorithm knows Right, I'm populating uh, an, an outpost. Uh, this is the internal layout. Um, I th- this is the BGS situation. This is where I pick my assets from. Um, if you do that, you you end up with stations that are all unique um, but have recognizable flavor. Um, yeah, okay, they will end up being um, they will end up being a little bit samey after a long time. But to be honest, the the actual the palette of assets used for Elite Dangerous to date is not that broad. Orbuses look like Orbuses. Mm-hmm. Ocellises look like Ocellises. Outposts look like Outposts. But it is broad enough to be interesting. I still, I've been playing the game for seven years or something, I still notice, like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm at an industrial outpost. I can tell because of X and Y and Z and all these little things. Or, oh, I'm at a yeah. commercial one. I can tell because I can see the shopping complex below me. You know, the, the palette of art assets that informs that is not very broad, but it is broad enough to be, to be satisfying. And I still look at, you know, I, 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 I land at Orbuses and I see that they have the big, um, the big sort of blocky um, uh, storage bits on the end. And I think, oh, I, I can tell that this is an industrial system because, or that that's an industrial station because it has the commensurate bits. Um, that, that's the way that you do it. And I, I, I don't think, I think, I, I think we ought to expect, and in, I, I think we, we should steal ourselves for the fact that we will recognize the same assets. We will probably recognize the same bar or the same footstool or the same corridor. Um, not everything's going to be unique, but I don't, I don't think it's too much to expect that it's interesting and, um, uh, and varied enough to, um, uh, to not feel you're like in your, that you're in identical locations. Yeah. Um, Shad- but, uh, yeah, I was going to, uh, say that it, 
it's more than likely to be the modular based based approach because that makes in-game sense because mm. they wouldn't they wouldn't build a custom station each time they're not engineer bases which are not cut and paste they would do a modular approach to building these things and on the voiceovers i want comedy voices i want the voices that make me laugh for example uh kermit the frog buzz lightyear um the english policeman from the lower low <laughs> you know those, those sort of voices i don't know just something that makes you smile when you listen to them because it then doesn't really matter if you hear them again and again they're, they're kind of amusing because they're different I, I must admit, I do find I don't want it to go that silly, but I do find it amusing that sometimes when you dock at stations, there's regional English accents. So there'll be a Lancashire accent or a or a Somerset accent in 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 some of them. That's that I do like. I think asking for a Kermit the Frog is a little bit too much. But, um, although it has been noted uh, by people who Attention. also play Attention. another Second space sim. What the heck? Um, Chris Forrester is unavailable. Chris Forrester is unavailable. We ne He never came back from the last job. Ah, this, yeah, our, I must admit, our second tech is missing. We, we, we ought to put out wanted posters. Um, but it has been noted that the the layout of the bars that people have seen so far are exactly the same layout down to a <laughs> down to a table as um bars available in other space sims how can uh, surely the design of a bar is the design, design of a bar what are you going to have like stripper poles in the middle of it or something or what you know identical shan like bars do differ <laughs> no, I, I think there we go. Uh, Shan wants stripper poles in his bars. Let's 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 just all take a moment to absorb that. <laughs> so stripper bars and um, yes, Power Ranger animations. So with Kermit we're the learning. Frog. We're, we're with Kermit the Frog. We're learning so much about Shan tonight. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, one of the things that they did bring up in uh, uh, in this live stream, which I thought was extremely interesting, was they actually gave an example of how um, missions are going to work in, uh, in Odyssey. Now, they did say that the main way that you earn this new currency, we'll talk about later, um, is by actually running missions. You, I mean, you can go out and explore, you can um, go and raid other places if you wish, uh, but apparently the, the main way that they see the players earning cash is by running through missions. Now, I'm, I'm just going to go run through what they said, and then at the end of it, I just want everybody's feedback to, to what you think. So, first step is normally you talk to someone to see if they've got special knowledge about uh, about something that they care about. They then negotiate with the mission giver, which means that Depending on the reputation that you've got with the people that back the mission giver, you could get more cash than than standard. Um, and of course, any history you've had to it, you can get to wherever you need to via Apex or the ship. Um, in this case, you'd find a wreck. You'd use the SOV and then get out on foot. 
and then you'd rifle around the wreck looking for boxes, containers, or even bigger boxes that need work, unlock them, and unlock these containers would need special tools. Once you've found what you need, you basically get back in your ship or your SRV, or basically call the, the Apex Taxi in, and head back to the mission cover. Now, can, can you call the Apex Taxi in? Well, considering... I don't, I don't think you can. Well, it says can you, you can get there via Apex. Yeah, but, but you can't get back via Apex. Well, you see, that's yeah. the thing. Well, how would you be able to get somewhere They've said you can get there by Apex, and they think you're going to get stranded there. Oh, that's right. You die and reappear with it with all your invites. You just run out, <laughs> grab the stuff, suicide, then you get back. Somehow, I've got the image of the uh, of that Tom Cruise film, Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you've broken a leg! Bang, start again. <laughs> well, that's what they do with horses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean. What what do you think to that? I mean, it, that's a, it, this, it's a scavenger mission. So if you if you are a fan of what Ray in Star Wars does at the beginning, then of her story, then um, it is pretty much the same. I don't know. I th- it could be interesting. Um, again, it depends on is this the only way you'll be able to earn uh, triganic pews or whatever they're going to be called. <laughs> whatever. I think from now on, shall we refer to it as the triganic pew? We'll just refer it to your pews. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but as you brought up, Colin, I was thinking that when you were talking about it, because if you get there by Apex, by bus, then that mm-hmm. would assume the wreck is within walking range of the bus stop, because otherwise you'll run out of oxygen before you can get there and back. Or will yeah, you it's have funny to that they- ride on SRV? They have said that normally the stuff that's interesting will be within walking distance of um, of these settlements or outposts or the mission givers. But well, then the settlers are the laziest gits ever, aren't they? If you say, <laughs> yeah, basically. But, I mean, it might be that you know you can drive out there with the SRV that will take you know five ten minutes and then drive back again. I mean, we don't know actually if you can if they say. Right, okay, you can go about on foot, but you can also buy an SRV. Yeah, that's like saying, oh, by the way, do you mind going to Sainsbury's and get the shopping for us when Sainsbury's is just literally two minutes around the road, around the corner? That's just super I know, amazing. I know I, people who sure ask me that all the time. Because these missions are probably more like, it's more like, not can you go down to Sainsbury's and buy me this? It's more like, can you go down to Sainsbury's and perpetrate some acts of petty crime for me, please, but I don't want to get caught. I want you to carry the can if it all goes pear-shaped. Sounds so right. I, sus- I suspect these missions, are, there's going to be an awful lot of petty crime. Yeah. And it makes sense that the stuff for missions is going to be close to settlements because it's it's just stuff to, you know, if you're going to relieve somebody of their possessions, um, their possessions are going to be near where they live. I mean, they're not going to just dump them in the middle of, of you know, some isolated area in the middle of some godforsaken planet somewhere. So it's it's going to it's going to be. It kind of makes sense that a lot of these missions are going to be close enough that you can you can sort of uh, just take a stroll over there and then try and try and. Perform your 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 light fingered antics. Yeah, I um, agree. But yeah, 
I think um, the uh, my expectation is that the chat about Apex has been miscon- been misconstrued. I- I'd be very, very surprised if you could call Apex in. Um, I think the way Apex is going to work is it's going to be uh, an, an interface in, in space stations that you can interact with. Yeah. And doing doing so and selecting a destination will put you on a essentially a cut scene where you sh- where you sit on a ship which may or may not exist in real space for other people um and um and you get taxied to another space station and then a fade to black and bang you're there um the i don't think it'll extend to taking you to planetary locations i think when when frontier said you, you could get there via apex I, I don't think they meant from the mission giver to the wreck i think they meant from wherever you are to the station that has the mission giver in it um i think the 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 wrecks that you're going to be exploring on foot, I think that you'll be taking your SRV there, or you'll be walking there, and then you'll be using the same methods to get back. Would be my guess. Hmm. Uh, I mean, the fact that we'll be able to explore wrecks, I mean that that's actually quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very cool. Very so very cool. you know there'll be crashed the crashed down account the sites or crashed um, uh, diamondbacks that everybody's always wanted to to wander around. We'll be able to actually go in and steal things from them. Or the whole whole thing looks really, really exciting. That that aspect of it where you can freeform take on on foot missions up and on on planet surfaces. I'm really excited for that. I hope he'll go into those tip off missions you get occasionally. Mm. You know, when when you you get tip off, he goes to this lat long on this planet and you find a crashed ship there uh, and you rifle through it and get the. uh, It's usually you scan it for data or whatever. and get a fairly trivial amount of of money right now, but maybe they'll uh, may, maybe there'll be some some of that kind of thing. But where you can sort of go in the ship and I know steal whatever it is you've got to steal out of it. Yeah, they have confirmed that there are going to be in in uh, double quotes nefarious missions. So just like there are um, steal stuff from mega ship missions and uh, destroy radar installation missions which will get you wanted status there's going to be those kind of on foot wanted status as wanted missions as well it's it's one thing that i've actually got to try is i've i've tried a couple of them and they were quite fun but i i haven't gone through every single one of the naughty missions yet and i really ought to my my you know how you have different careers in elite dangerous well, my mine seems to always end up as petty criminal <laughs> I commit so I commit so many minor crimes on yeah, yeah. Uh, doing missions. It's usually doing BGS missions, but there's 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 so many that will get you into some kind of small amount of trouble. I'm kind of on first name terms with the uh, legal services in Otahenetsi, where I always go to 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 clean up all my transgressions. Um, Hello, Commander Mac. Nice to have you back. Have you heard about our loyalty card? (laughs) I've also I've also been whisked off to the prison ship once or twice. Um, Had my collar felt. Um, But there you go. Um, That's 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 another way of clearing up. But yeah, yeah, you make use of of those facilities frequently. (laughs) <laughs> One of the things I want to try first of all was to is was to see whether the mission board flipping is fixed because could you like change mode and get a different NPC with a different mission after each you know because I say stop that with a mission board but it could mm-hmm. quite easily be reintroduced. Well, uh, by mission board flipping. I don't know. 
Okay. Yeah, that, that that's. I mean, they they put together a specific server service to stop that from happening, and it it seems to me they just need to extend that to to cover the the um, on foot missions to be so that it will stop the the flipping. Well, at least I hope they have. But then, how many varieties of mission do we think there are going to be? Because hmm. there, there, there are actually a fairly limited amount of missions one can do. It's get something that I want. It's get me X of this or kill this or escort that. It's a very limited scope of what missions types are in games. So I was wondering how they make that interesting. Well, to be honest, uh, I've got no suggestions on top of that because um, we'll just have to wait and see what the, they'll come up with. I mean, we might be disappointed that it'll just be the same old, same old, but you never know. We might be surprised. Anyway, I mean, one of the things I always found annoying, sorry, what I found annoying in uh, Star Wars, the MMO, mm-hmm. was you'd be told, I'll go and see such and such an NPC, and they had the exclamation mark above the head, and this NPC was taking cover in the middle of a in, in the middle of a battle with lasers going anywhere. You then went to see them, the lasers that were people shooting weren't hitting you at all. The N- said NPC would then stand up as if there's some kind of statue, say their piece, and then sit down again, completely oblivious to what was going on around them. Mm-hmm. And I found that so immersion-breaking, and so it put that's, me off doing the quest. That's Sotor, isn't it? Yeah. That was the yeah, Republic, is, yeah. yeah. I know exactly the, the bit you mean on that one, and yes, it is. The, well, that's the problem with these theme park MMOs that do that kind of thing, because it, it's just everybody's doing the same thing yeah it's um, it's it's different when it's different when it's a sandbox because they're supposed to be able to you know put in way the mission givers won't be put into that situation uh because those kind of scripted events won't happen so yeah uh, yeah, I, I, on mission variety, I, I, I see this quite a lot where people say, like, oh, it's, you know, all the missions are the same. How are you going to make missions different? Thing is, video games are video games. Like, every single mission comes down to um, find me a dude, kill this person, collect X number of these things. Like, just welcome to video games. That's how it works. Uh, Elite Dangerous is, is, at its core, a game about moving things around um, or shooting people um, or scanning things. Uh, mm. Those are the th- those are the three core loops, and that's what you get. That's what we're all signed up for. Um, expecting that actually, you know, ex- ex- expecting. I, I feel like the, the 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 flavor variations that we have on this are criminality. So there are criminal variants of all of those things. So hauling missions become smuggling missions, assassination missions become, well, assassination missions or massacre missions or whatever, yada yada. Um, and um, and that that's that's interesting, and it adds an extra flavour. And also, if you if you get immersed enough in the sandbox so that the roleplay aspects affect you, then that can add extra flavour as well. So, for example, a hauling mission or an assassination mission for your preferred superpower or your preferred BGS uh, faction adds extra emo- You know that gains emotional mm-hmm. weight if you give a shit about the outcome. Um, but expecting fundamentally the the breadth of type of mission to change, I think, is over ambitious and not very fair. Fundamentally, the get it's always is going to be fetch fetch, chest, uh, fetch, fetch quests and, <laughs> and 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 killing people because it's a video game that's how it works um the um uh you know game games that the the things that do mix it up are um some games have puzzle elements and platforming as well it's i remember when shan showed me guild wars 2 i was really impressed by um the platforming elements in that game and how interesting it made it 
you know, you, you're just not going to get that sort of thing in Elite Dangerous. You're just not. Like, I think fundamentally expecting them to reinvent the, the wheel with missions is a little bit unfair. I think, I think it is, I think it is acceptable to ask for interesting new flavors of the mission formats we already have. Well, um, we've now gone and confused the entire chat room by saying, um, Guild Wars 2 when it wasn't Shan who said it. So there's a lot of people who have just taken a drink there. <laughs> Shouldn't have. Spit <laughs> those drinks out. Yes. Sorry, stick your fingers on your throat and get your drinks out. Mac, just quickly. Yeah, it's just quickly. It always surprises me um, how many... There's a lot of people who get very salty about Elite. They say they bought a space travel game, but they don't like space travel. I mean, fundamentally, at its heart, that's what Elite is. It's a space trucking game. Yeah, precisely. With, um, with perhaps some shooting involved and perhaps some petty crime here and there, or maybe ma- more major crimes. But fundamentally, the, the core of what you do is space trucking. It's like getting Euro Truck Simulator and then complaining you have to drive a lorry everywhere. Exactly. It baffles me. The number of people who are like, oh, God, you know, all this game is is hauling and shooting and exploring. When are you going to add something new, Frontier? I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Like Pokemon breeding. What the hell do you want? <laughs> okay, uh, Shan, do you want to quickly jump in? Yeah, I'll just quickly sort of finish off the topic. Is the way you make these limited type missions different? Is you you change the mechanics in terms of you, uh, let's say you have a obtain ten dead spacemen and bring them back. <laughs> you, you then have. You, you, you then have something where one of them is suddenly alive and you have to then escort them back. So it changes from a, a fetch and collect mission to an escort mission. Or there's a twist in it, something that makes it different than just a straight fetch quest. That's the sort of mixing up, I think, that I would like to see in them. <laughs> Shan is sus. Um, right. Um, well, we're going to move um, a little bit on from... <laughs> Silvery, why have we got put that picture in in the chat? That's <laughs> it's just when somebody said, um, "Find me, find me ten dead spacemen." I just thought of Etienne Dawn, the uh, the galaxy's weirdest person. Oh right, fair enough. Why, why, why is he the weirdest person? Because he I'm not familiar with him. Okay, Etienne Dawn is a. He, yeah, he, he is. He's definitely, you know, go into look under his floorboards, and it, it's full of dead children. Like that man is. He, he, oh, he's, he is the <laughs> Nielsen. Yeah, just don't get in his van. That's all I'll say. Just don't. Just don't. Whatever he offers you, don't get in the van. So he's a he's an engineer who lives in Colonia, and he uh, one he um, he looks like somebody has beaten him extensively with the ugly stick, um, and um, and two his. To unlock him, you have to take him a given number of occupied escape pods, and his uh-huh. appetite his his appetite for occupied es- escape pods has not diminished in like three years. So oh. you know there is so, yeah. definitely you, a house of horrors going on there. You, you yeah, don't think he that. he just wants the 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 good Samaritan satisfaction of just opening the pod and telling someone we've you've been rescued. Congratulations! <laughs> no, 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 no. There you that, go. That so man is on basically. The that man is on the list somewhere. Yes, if, if, if someone's going to play him, David Tennant would play him. <laughs> no, really? judging by this photo, no, that's far, far too ugly. Mind you, the, that's, let's be honest, the, um, the, the Frontier face generator certainly needs a bit of a fuggly update, doesn't it? Cause, yeah, yeah, it could, um, it could do with one. 
there's a lot of um you know what i'm not going to say anything because basically there'll be some artists who have worked for absolutely ages to put all that together and <laughs> every time they hear god lave radio says oh my work is fugly i can't handle it. oh no there's some there's some on there's some frontier artists sobbing sobbing into their frontier mouse mat now i made etienne dawn i spent hours on him <laughs> but, but, Etienne Dawn is quite within the parameters of what a typical human of that age range kind of looks like. He he's he's yeah, he doesn't speak look for yourself, mate. He, do, <laughs> he doesn't look. I mean, yeah, okay. He's he's not good looking, but I mean, if I sit around my office at work and look at all the people say around their in their fifties. None of them, well, with the, with very few exceptions, none of them are going to be on the on the front cover of GQ magazine. You don't work in a WeWork, do you? Uh, what? A WeWork. <laughs> oh God! Being, being serious, right? There wasn't an advertisement for a job for a character artist going up Frontier. So either they are looking at this and they're looking at changing. The character art, or the uh, the guy who did Etienne Dawn was so depressed he quit. And <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for another yeah, job. That's it. that's it. I reckon. I reckon. I reckon they sacked whoever made. They saw Etienne Dawn was like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, get him out. We need we need new blood. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> well, as someone who's almost fifty, thank you for that, Mac. That makes me something to really look forward to. <laughs> I was going to say Etienne Dawn isn't really any uglier than Bill Turner. <laughs> you're so, you're very defensive over oh, Etienne Dawn. Come on, Dawn. he looks like a middle-aged Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does. <laughs> well, precisely, this is it. You imagine he's he's not he's not he's not in the uncanny valley weird face. Look, it's, it's not like some of the crew you go to hire who really have hit every branch of the ugly tree on the way down. Uh, he's he is within the normal parameters of what a, a Caucasian male looks like of whatever age group he's supposed to. It's, I mean, it's, it's the future, so he's probably like 100 years old. Um, but he's, yeah, he, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, he's not the best-looking engineer, but also he, he, doesn't, he doesn't look like a freak necessarily. Right. Well, we're going. We're going to leave the fugliness and, behind and, for the moment. Has anybody noticed that the dweller looks a bit like Spike out of uh, out of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> no, I, I think again, if Spike had been hit by every ugly stick the Slayer could hit him with, then yes. But <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just going through the picture of the engineers now. Um, uh, yeah, the dweller is definitely Spike. Well, listen, I think that one of the reasons yeah, why everybody's had behind, real news this week. We had real <laughs> yeah, news this week. And we've we, ruined it. <laughs> we've gone on to the fugly route. Right. The, uh, this is the last that we talk about on this thing. But I think the only reason that everybody is is on Liz Ryder's side is because basically she's the most attractive engineer there is. So, <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. Let's have a look. It's probably good fun. She's, she's hey, what probably about um, Jameson? What about Jameson? Oh, I, dear. Right. I, think, I think out of the, the female engineers, I think Celine Jean is probably better looking than Liz Ryder. <laughs> and out of the 
May I mention this? I can only apologize. Yes, let's play Marry Engineer Avoid. <laughs> there we are. We've we've got a new show next week called Marry Engineer Avoid, hosted by Souverine. Guys, have you seen Liz Ryder? She's terrifying. I'm just looking at her now. <laughs> What are you talking about? She's attractive. I mean, look, she'd destroy you. Look at her. <laughs> right. Let's, let's she's destroying me, but I'm probably enjoying there. her doing it. I don't know whether to be aroused or scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, this right on. This right on. Oh, in a bar, hey. Celine Jean's home system, which is cuck. Uh, apparently, <laughs> cuck means 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 cock in Swedish. Huh. Lovely, hmm. right? And also <laughs> around there, the, the, oh the, come on, there is a system <laughs> called Sheelan a gig, uh, or is it Sheelan a jig? I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but have a look at Wikipedia. What one of those is? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Laurie Jameson's got this expanse belter look about her. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. She definitely it's probably the tattoo that does it. But yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, right, right. I am, I am, yeah. I am, I'm using the horse banhammer here. This, this is, <laughs> this has gone far enough. It's time to move on. There are more important things to discuss than which engineer you're most attracted to. So there is Martin <laughs> Ben Colin. <laughs> Um, they have announced as part of Odyssey that we will be able to walk around the hangar of the of the of our ship when we've docked and there also will be a seamless transition to get to the bases so there won't be any sort of daft re-entry screens or re-entry animations so i mean that's a good thing um and then they had brought on oscar briggs who's who's an assistant producer uh, and he discussed a lot of the um social spaces but of course let's bring in the big thing that we all wanted to talk about which was currency the on-fleet currency or as as sham would like to call it the pews now just as a starting point I can understand why they've done it because they don't want people turning up with a billion pounds, billion, billion creds and say, right, let's buy everything. Why not? Why on earth not? Because then you don't uh, get anything, do you? Who cares? I, 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 I really, really hate the injection of, of extra currencies for you to grind for. It's such bullshit. It would never have. It, it's just so inimical to the idea of a high fidelity, high immersion, high high plausibility science fiction setting that you're encouraged to inhabit rather than just play. Yes, and I know why they. I know exactly why they're doing it. Is because it's to they're they're they're, they're concerned that people miss out on the game if they can just buy it. They they won't do any of the gameplay to actually buy it, which some people probably yeah. will. But what you have to do is to actually make the gameplay. Um, you have to design it well enough that people want to do it. You know whether it's whether they need to. You know whether they need the credits or not. You know they they feel like they want to do these missions because they're fun to do and it advances their BGS faction or whatever, or they get some special decal. Whatever, but they they shouldn't be forced into it necessarily. Um, and that because that's happened before. If you remember when Horizons launched. 
early on when you were going down to a surface-based objective you were forced to get out in the SRV. You couldn't even see the objective. It wouldn't actually spawn until you left your ship in your SRV, which was jarring. And of course, everybody quite rightly complained about this. So um, they rolled back that decision. But, you know, it's, it, it also... I, uh, uh, you know, I, a lot of these missions I didn't used to do because you're forced to get in the SRV. You're forced to get in the SRV to do like these base scans or whatever, where it is, you know... I just want to, I enjoy doing it in my ship, actually. I enjoy sort of flying in there, trying to get, because the, the, the you know, the, the base weapons are quite strong, so you need good engineered shields, etc. But flying in there, scanning the thing, and then trying to boost out there and leaving, like, with your trail hot of people trying to shoot you down as you leave. Um, so I, I quite like doing it. That, and it, it's, it's good that they've given you the option. You can either do it in your ship, or you can actually get out and try and sneak around the base in your SRV and do it that way. Um, but yeah, the, early on they did try and they said, well, we want to force you into the SRV because we've done all this work in the SRV and we think you'll enjoy it, so we want you to get out and use the SRV. Well, if it's fun, we'll do that anyway. You know, you don't have to force us to do it. And making things you know not appear on the ground unless you actually get out in your SRV is, is kind of... I th- I know they I think they realized they I mean they they changed it fairly early on so the, ultimately I, they agreed with us but this the, the uh, this kind of separate currency thing it it sort of feels like the same thing all over again um and things to do is just make make the Odyssey gameplay fun and we'll we we don't need to do it for the money um <laughs> and you you then have a, a nice congruent set of credits oh, you can, I, I mean, there, there are other ways of going about it make it sort of basic suits for instance you buy for credits but you have to find uh, like the equivalent of the engineers you have to I mean, you might have to get reputation with someone to get some modification that the empire gives out or whatever that that kind of thing you you can you can add to it but um, yeah, basic, okay i'd want as well basic should absolutely be anything any of the basic stuff that should be available to everybody you should just be able to buy okay ben did you want to come back in yeah i was just thinking actually about the currencies on and suits and things like that and there's potential potentially a couple of ways that frontier could go with it first is it could be that they've shared this already with edrpg and basically you buy normal clothing for micro credits and there is, you know, some kind of exchange rate between space credits and micro credits. Um, and that's up to Frontier how they decide that goes. Uh, the other <clears> idea, though, that I was thinking, they could almost go like a Red Dead Redemption career route where you buy access in Red Dead. In Red Dead, you buy access to a career using gold. And then you use a combination of gold and do- sort of Red Dead Redemption dollars to improve and get things for it. Um, but it's usually it's a fairly significant amount of gold you have to pay to get access to the career. Right. Okay. Um, Shan, then. Well, if they're adding a separate or separate currencies. Um, I get you could have micro credits and things like that, but I'm wondering whether you'll be able to engineer 
suits using materials because if materials are an alternate currency then perhaps being able to engineer a suit you're using you're still using a non-credit currency but you are then increasing flexibility for the suit so i'm wondering if we are thinking of suit upgrades equals pews or credits whatever you call them but actually would they then use micro materials mm. for that yeah well, they, uh, that's one thing that we'll have to. Will we have engineers who will just specialize in suits? Because they haven't said anything about engineering with suits. They have said stuff about you can have people in wings and multi crew will all work with Odyssey, but they haven't gone in, into any detail of what that will entail. So we've, I guess we're waiting uh, for Dev Diary 3 or 4 or when, whenever they, they want to talk about that one. So um I think we've 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 basically done the uh done this to death at the moment because I think we're actually overrunning. <laughs> so it's it's nice to have something that we can get our teeth into. It's not nice that we go off on a tangent about how attractive the engineers are, and we do apologize, but um we'll move on to I think We've had one little bit of community noise, which is kind of outside the elite dangerous world, but it, it still is relevant. We have a second bit of community news as well. Hmm? We have a second bit of community news as well. Right. Okay. Well, the first bit was uh, regards the anti-Xeno initiative. Um, for those of you who are aware, there hasn't really been any new um, Thargoid content for almost a year now. And the anti-Xeno initiative have basically said, right, okay, we're, we're kind of uh, taking a step back, um, mostly because the, you know this still seems to be an issue with the Thargoid heart bug as well as that kind of thing. So they have set up a new uh, Discord called The Initiative, uh, where if you, you want to, they're trying to keep the community together while playing other games like no Man's Sky Squadrons and Star Citizen, etc., etc. But they have said as soon as there's new Thargoid content uh, or even a working heart bug fix, um, they'll be back. So, Mac, what's what's point two? Point two of the community news is Sagittarius I issue twenty nine podcast oh. is out tomorrow. Excellent. And we have in it uh, an introduction to Dark Wheel, Spikes the Wheel. We have the Secret of Lond twenty eight six oh seven. Hard look at hard points, lasers, and an article about the dolphin. Right. Okay, that's that's nice and uh, straight to the point. Um, Kaizen has been in contact with us. Uh, the Dark Wheel Initiative. Uh, are now pending uh, an expansion, and that's the one that will take them into Lave. So we'll see the Dark Wheel in Lave soon enough. Ooh, scary. <laughs> Show title, Etty Dorn, Snog, Marry, Avoid. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Yes, whatever you do, do not dock at the engineering station. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, right, a community question that we skipped over from last week. We'll just quickly touch on these because um, we had some nice responses. Um, 
the question we asked was, uh, what can we do to improve the CGs? Um, Flossie, uh, our, our favorite, um, <laughs> our favorite trucker who specializes in community goals, uh, says quite simply, have more of them. It's quite yep. straightforward. Um, Paul Wartmeyer. Now, I apologize, Paul, if I got your second name wrong. Um, it says multitask goals that enhance the universe. For example, a community goal storyline or a mini story. So you need this plant, take it to Colonia, and then that plant has to be converted to a medical treatment and then race it to the SAG A station, then do it again. And I mean, that's, that's an interstellar initiative right there. It is an interstellar initiative. And I think the kind of thing. All you've, in, you've invented interstellar initiatives. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think what he's referring to is that um, you you have a a, a goal a, a goal, for, but it is kind of like multi stage, so that you've got to you've got to take something to to somewhere else or something to an engineer, and the engineer's got to generate something that you can then take to where the destination is. I think that's the kind of thing he means. Instead of just right this station needs tons and tons of bricks. You've got to actually go and get somewhere to make the bricks in order to... T- Am I making sense here? Yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah, interesting. Uh, um, oh, my goodness. I am so... I don't know whether some, someone's put this name in here to really, really mess with me. But um, Chris Dian uh, Balog... <laughs> I hope. Just, can I just ask if you if you have a, an interesting name, please write into Lay Radio <laughs> with comments because it's so good. <laughs> it's really amusing getting Colin to read them out. And, and by interesting, yes. you mean non-Western English? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, yeah, sort of as incomprehensible as possible. Um, please. <laughs> Two Western English it. people. It's probably a perfectly normal person forever they're from. <laughs> can we just point Ding. out? That- <laughs> Stephen had exactly the same problem with the Glaswegian dialect <laughs> getting in the way of being able to speak properly and it was a flipping good stream Stephen, <laughs> it was a flipping good stream, I <laughs> heard it was a flipping good stream and everybody else He did not say flipping He did and you know he did <laughs> If you got Colin to say non-English names, he would probably say them correctly because we wouldn't know whether they were correct or not. So, um, I, I am so, I'm so sorry, Chris. Yeah, I, if I have, have butchered your name, I, I apologize. Um, he would like some type of, of, um, SRV community goal where you've got to do the community goal oh, just yes. using SRVs. I think that, that would be great. And of course, <laughs> Matt Yellop replies, open only. Yes, uh, <laughs> I would only SRV goal. That would be a demolition derby. <laughs> so uh, the community question we'd like um, people to ask, and we'll put this out on the social media as well, um, is basically <laughs> what has got you excited about Dev Diary 2? Because basically there's been an awful lot of a content dump this time round. And on top of what we know from Dev Diary 1, you, you must admit things, there is a momentum building, a positive momentum. I, I never thought I'd say that about Elite Dangerous in quite a while. Yeah, that is, it's really great to be able to say that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, moving on from um, our community question. Uh, Colin, there is sorry. A, oh, yes. Um, okay, Shan. Did we ask the other community question? 
about. Can you remind me about the other community question? The other community question was was more important than the ones you said. Was which Teletubby <laughs> is the radio crew? Oh God. <laughs> right. Okay. So we will also put that up. Oh my goodness. On um, social media, just to keep Shan happy. And uh, if everybody votes Shan as Poe, I think that that'd be fine. <laughs> keep everybody happy. Right. Yeah, any other <laughs> any other business? Now, I must admit, um, this is one of the things that uh, I've been. Uh, the, you'll probably notice that there's been a lot of YouTube, uh, YouTube uh, elite content creators and company have all been going on to Star Wars Squadrons. Now, obviously, um, Ben's been playing it a lot, and uh, <laughs> Shan played it for a bit and then decided he didn't like it. Um, I mean, I know that, that I'm going to, that I am enjoying it, but I just want my X52 Pro to sort out the Dead Zone problem. Um, but how do you guys think it? the actual combat in that compares to Elite Dangerous. Is that a question for next week? Or is no, no, no. I'm, I'm just ask, asking you guys in general, if you've, if you've played it, obviously. It was like Call of Duty in space. You know when you get Call of Duty or Battlefield mm-hmm. and it's controlling a vehicle? Yes. It felt like that. Even with the... I, I tried it with a joystick and hotpass, and then I tried it with a mouse and keyboard. <clears throat> and it just felt... Not as nuanced as Elite Dangerous. Yeah. Ben, are you able to talk, or are you are you still taking? Yeah, I can I can chime in. I'm gonna disagree with Shan. Actually, I've got I did spend quite a while setting my joystick up, and once I'd set it up, I'm finding it very enjoyable, and I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the variety of weapons and weapon choices. Uh, I especially appreciate the uh, the ion cannons and things like that. I miss gimbals. My God, do I miss gimbling? Um, yeah. I real. I like the. I I know what Shan means about it being Call of Duty in space. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish CQC could have been. There are, there are things that I'm liking about it. Uh, for example, I do like the, oh, the, the fleet battle mode that we have. Uh, and I yeah. like the fact that we pick different roles to do different things. And, you know, you've essentially got a tank class and a healer and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind the flight model. Um, I like the variety of things that we can do to improve boosts. Um, and I mm-hmm. really appreciate the, the drifting mechanic. Once you've got that locked down, my God, you can do some beautiful maneuvers. Yeah, um, but you can only do that in the A-wing and the TIE interceptor, can't you? No. I've been, oh, okay. I've been, I've, I've been I've drifting. Yet to get that far, then. I've been, I've been drifting in the TIE Reaper or the U-wing as well and a Y-wing. Um. <laughs> And you can also do that to avoid missiles. And I wish we could avoid missiles by outflying them in Elite Dangerous, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean... Well, you uh, can do the, sl- the slow ones, like the torpedoes. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. homing things rather than others, okay. but yeah. Okay, so, I mean, 
at the moment, I this this is just a personal opinion, but at the moment, I I still feel that CQC is a tighter arena shooter. If you see, a multiplayer shooter, if you see, I think that is mostly down to the control problems that I'm having because it, it does feel with this dead zone thing that the ships feel like they're flying through goo. The percent dead zone thing is a, is an absolute deal breaker, but you can't really judge the experiences based on a bug. Um, I mean, that's the, if, if if they've confirmed that that's not does that that's not intended. Yeah. You, you sort of need to wait until they fix it before you judge them against each other, really. Well, okay, so I'm I'm going to put I'm going to table that for a later time when they've actually fixed the bug and then compare the two. I must admit, I do like the fact that it's so easy to get a match. You can get a match within two minutes and. If that had happened with CQC right at the very beginning, I don't think it would have the it, bad re- reputation it would it's have had. Cross play, isn't it, Colin? It is cross play, yes. But I do know in Steam charts, it's got about twenty thousand people playing it at once, as opposed to Elite Dangerous, which has got about five thousand, six thousand. That will probably change when people get bored of it. <laughs> but the thing with Star Wars, though, is designed as a multiplayer game. I mean, I played part of the single player campaign. Mm-hmm. And it was just your bog standard single player campaign. There wasn't anything remarkable about it, personally. I disagree um, that. I, I, I've, I've really missed disagree. that. I've, yeah. I've really missed that kind of um, uh, X Wing and TIE Fighter mission structure. I have. I, uh, there hasn't been a game like that for almost 20 years. I think the last one would have been Wink uh, uh, Free Space 2. And to be honest, now that it came back, I've just realized how much I missed that kind of mission-based um, shooter, the space sim shooter. It, it's, ah, I'm, I'm just, I suppose, drowning in my own nostalgia here. Ben? I, I definitely think it's for the nostalgia. Um, if you enjoyed X-Wing or TIE Fighter, that will... This is a worthy successor to those... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just read who is Stinky Winky. That is well, actually, no, the Psycho Guy is Stinky Winky. Um, but I do think it's definitely a, a worthy successor to X Wing or TIE Fighter. The Star Wars moments the game very, very deliberately get, gives you are so reminiscent <laughs> of the movies and things. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> Psycho Cow just heard that. Oh dear. Hi, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. <laughs> right. Moving on from there, we'll just, um, I think, has anybody got any other business they'd like to just quickly touch on before, um, before I do the usual shout outs and we end the show? Yes, there was. Only one person in live today with me, uh, a Commander Minstray who tried to interdict me around Planet Lave, undoubtedly for malintent. Oh wow! At, at least, at least he tried. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll just give our usual shout-outs. Um, obviously, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, that broadcasts on a Thursday at uh, at eight thirty uh, British Summer Time although not for much longer, um, you can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com 
For this learning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, uh, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, following on from this, we have the fantastic Galnet News uh, Digest, which is brought to you by the the <laughs> by Commander Witherspoon. See, we know how to pronounce your, your name. You said Witherspoon. I said Witherspoon. As you opposed to... You said Witherspoon. I did not say Witherspoon. <laughs> I did not say... Don't get me so I will personally come round down to London and punch you if you say that. You said Witherspoons and then you ordered a five-pound fry-up and it was really awkward. You know, I was just about to have a go at a certain other podcast to go out of the way to mispronounce his name and you just <laughs> ruined the point. <laughs> ah, but I'm sure he takes it in good sense, good faith. Anyway, thanks to all those who have chipped in on the Twitch chat and uh, to, of course, the one commander that tried to, to get Mac. But that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. Or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Remember, this is shared with the truckers, so bring your air freshener. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if you'd like to discuss anything in the future. Um, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 British Summertime and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live uh, and YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. So thanks to uh, Shan, thanks to Commander Souverine and, of course, uh, uh, thanks to Mac. Sorry, I just, just almost choked myself there for some reason. Uh, and of course, special thanks today for today's tech specialist, Ben, who I think's done a wonderful job for his first attempt. So until well, like that, after we've listened to the edit and the show, because Ben could say, actually, guys, I forgot to press record. Yeah, you might have deleted the entire show. I think we've got about five recordings, and Norman's also doing a separate recording. <laughs> Just to be double so, sure. Just Hang on, case. Ben. If Norman's doing a separate recording, why do we need you? <laughs> so I can insult you on air, which you haven't even been noticing sometimes. Oh, oh well, I have. Well, okay. That's it. And until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like someone having an orange inserted.
worries guys, hold the fork for two seconds and I'll be right back. News Digest, 6th of October, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's News Roundup, Rider Battle Distracts from Lockdown Suffering. Webster tells all, but not yet. Brewer fails to increase tritium supply. The Christmas Crud Convoy. Rider Battle Distracts from Lockdown Suffering. With everyone's attention on Denton Petraeus's attempts to arrest engineer Liz Ryder for her alleged complicity in the neo-Marlinist station bombings, and on the apparently successful counter-strikes by the Eurybia Blue Mafia to preserve the engineer's freedom, it's easy to forget that the Empire has forced four of its own systems into lockdown because of their dangerously democratic thinking. Petraeus has attempted to link the four systems of Beatis, Chana, Aquada, and Nahuatl to the terrorist bombing that he's also trying to arrest Ryder for. But it's important to remember that the Republican Marlinist movement in these four systems is entirely unrelated to the terrorists of the Neo-Marlinists. The Marlinists want to bring about equality of opportunity through peaceful change. The Neo-Marlinists seek to use terror to sow fear and dissent wherever they can. But still, the citizens of Beatis, of Chana, of Aguada and Nahuatl are confined to their homes. Their economies are shut down. There are troops on the streets, in the starports, and there are military ships patrolling the system. Nothing goes in or out without the approval of Imperial High Command. Petraeus is bleeding these systems dry as punishment for daring to think the Empire might manage to do a bit better on equality and on voting reform. It's not yet clear what else Petraeus plans for these unfortunate Imperial citizens, but pilots are warned that they enter those systems at their own risk. Webster tells all, but not yet. When Starship One disappeared in May 3301, did anyone really think that it was all just a silly accident? It had all the hallmarks of being a copycat of the loss of the Highliner Antares, and there were plenty of folk, including a lot of onionhead farmers, who wouldn't be sad to see the back of President Halsey. But the investigating authorities quickly found that there was no reason to suspect foul play. And here we are, five years on, finding out for the first time that the order to sabotage Starship One came from the very top. We're still waiting for the details Chief Technician Rory Webster promised yesterday in return for avoiding his own execution on charges of treason and mass murder. Perhaps it's not Yet, worth speculating whether the sponsor for the sabotage was Jupiter Rochester of Core Dynamics or Admiral Vincent of the Federal Navy, and whether they in turn were acting on the orders of Felicia Winters, Zachary Hudson, or 
given what we later learned about the Rochester family, whether Ashling Duval had anything to do with it. Perhaps it's too early to say whether the revelations we are about to hear will rip the Federation apart, demonstrate that President Hudson used underhand tactics to become president, and should be impeached, removed from office, tried for treason, and sentenced appropriately. But if Rory Webster, who is currently in the custody of the Federal Intelligence Agency, should mysteriously die before he gets to tell his story, that in itself would give us a very big clue about who was behind the destruction of Starship One. Brewer fails to increase tritium supply. Galnet News Digest can reveal that tritium supplies at the 10 new starports are at critically low levels less than a week after the stations opened, and the advertised special prices for construction materials are nothing to write home about either. Our secret shopper visited the stations and found typically less than 20 tonnes of tritium available at these new, more efficient tritium supply depots. Meanwhile, the special prices for the bauxite building fabricators, galite, power generators, rutile and thermal cooling units are hardly at the painite level of exciting. For example, Trevithic Vision in Ninabin, less than three light years from the conflict in Eurybia, has no demand at all for building fabricators or thermal cooling units, is buying bauxite at 1,600 credits, galite at 3,000 credits, and power generators and rutile at 2,500 credits. It's a bit above the normal market rate, but for commanders used to being offered 500 times the fair market value for void opals, such modest price hikes are hardly going to attract vast fleets of Type 9s. And with these refineries unable to keep up with demand, the search for Brewer's new tritium supply continues. The Christmas Crud Convoy With the two weeks of official mourning for Imperial Dilettante, Prince Harold, coming to an end on Thursday, commanders are reminded that those who helped bring in supplies have only two more days to take advantage of their 20% discount on new Gutamaya ships. Get your courier, clipper and cutter before it's too late. With millions of tons of caviar, brandy and cigars consumed on capital, there's going to be an awful lot of mess to clean up. A spokesperson for the Imperial Household has expressed concern that it might take weeks or even months to get all that bio-waste packed up and removed. But where can they send it for disposal? With the Christmas carrier's convoy due to set off for Colonia on the 1st of December, what nicer present could there be for the inhabitants of that distant cluster of thinly inhabited systems with no Imperial presence whatever than a few thousand tonnes? Off the brown stuff. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. 